Hello, and welcome to the Global Trading Podcast, Episode 4. I'm Terry Flanagan, Editor of Global Trading. Our topic today is trading from home amid the COVID-19 pandemic, how institutions have adapted, what has gone well and perhaps not so well, and what the future holds. I'm joined by distinguished guests, Irina Sonich-Bright, Head of Product Management and EMEA Market Structure at Credit Suisse, Drew Miyawaki, Head of Global Equity Trading at Legal and General Investment Management America, and Adam Steinhaus, Global Head of Sales and Relationship Management Trading Solutions at FactSet. Drew, you're on the cover of the second quarter issue of Global Trading, which I encourage listeners to take a look at on fixglobal.com. There's a Peloton bike with towels draped over it in the background, and also presumably uh, child artwork on the door behind you. It's a true home office. I'm sure it's very different from your trading desk at Legal General. Just wonder how has this unexpected and extended period of work from home worked out for you so far? Um, happy to be here. Happy to be doing it from home. The um, trading has always been something that has to has always had to be in the office, and so this um, you know really kind of forced our hand into uh, looking at other areas where we could, we could perform our, our responsibilities from. Disaster recovery and business continuity plans were always at a centered location outside of the city where the home office normally was. But this pandemic you know, proved that to be unusable. Um, and so it really did force everybody back into their own uh, spaces. We've had these kind of issues come up before with weather or natural disaster or, you know, unfortunately, some kind of terrorist attacks in some cases, blackouts. But we've never really had the option to work, certainly not to trade from home. This has really forced us into thinking differently and looking for a new solution. And the work from home uh, experiment, if you will, has gone much better than I anticipated. And I think much better than the industry anticipated, both on the buy and the sell side. So, you know, now that we're here uh, several months into it, uh, it seems uh, like it uh, is very unlikely to go away in the future and uh, should provide a, a lot of benefit going forward, both from uh, flexibility of work, a recovery and continuity of work, and also from a quality of life perspective. Irina, what is your view from the sell side here? How, how has this changed your workflows and how you've been able to meet client needs? Uh, hi, Terry. Uh, well, thank you uh, for inviting me uh, like to this uh, interesting podcast. Uh, obviously, very topical conversation right now. Uh, well, first of all, I would like to say that I think we all done amazingly well. And amazingly, because I still can't believe like how well we're operating considering uh, what we have to live through in um, uh, March and April when it's all just kicked off. And uh, what it uh, was good demonstration is, uh, of course, it was amazing demonstration of how critical um, technology is uh, not only driving or differentiating a product, probably topic which I'm mostly talking about, like I was talking about for the past 20 years, but it's also uh, how differentiate, differentiating technology uh, in its role of connecting processes um, providing data and connecting people. And we could see even outside of our immediate business that companies who did invest 
in the right remote working technology were able to thrive, whereas more manual and more outdated technological businesses potentially struggled. Which has shown like how, how much reliance on technology help us to actually carry on some of the most of the business as usual. Um, however, technology, I would think, it's not the only aspect of what happened uh, during this period. I had another uh, big sort of uh, restructuring in the, um, in our attitude towards some aspects of how people work. So, for example, it's it's, it's highlighted uh, how certain organizational organizational cultures are structured in the companies, and uh, the companies which were trying to get both technology and the culture right during these unexpected times, they were the biggest uh, winners of this all. So organization had to ensure that all their employees still feel valued and included somehow, whether by facilitating the technology or some other means. So this is why I think um, it was quite an interesting and challenging time, but from both technological and organizational aspect. Adam, FACTA had a bylined article in second quarter global trading issue called Trading Desks in BCP Mode, a new normal of buy-side trading after COVID-19. What's your view here as a technology solutions provider of you know, the current, current situation? Yeah, no, first off, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I must echo you know, some of the sentiments uh, that were just previously uh, mentioned on here. No matter how much you prepare for an event such as this, you know, Drew mentioned this before, whether it's you know, uh, a blackout or you know, uh, God forbid, a terrorist attack, something it might be, you know, the, the idea of working from home for months, if not a year, uh, was something I don't think any of us could have could have really seen in the crystal ball. As a technology provider, it's important that we provide a solution and the service supported uh, regardless of where we are domiciled, whether we're at home or we're in the office. Um, I think working and partnering with our clients, uh, we tried to get out ahead of it uh, when this all started happening, asking questions about our clients' BCP plans, um, from what IP addresses should we be expecting to what kind of screens and monitors they're using for their desktop to enhance performance. So, you know, I think, you know, we certainly see this as a potential trend. Um, I think a lot of companies across the globe are asking themselves, well, you know, the productivity, uh, the efficiencies we're gaining um, are, are much greater than we had anticipated. And the need to work from an office five days a week for 52 weeks a year uh, may not be there any longer. Um, there could be cost savings on, whether it's real estate or, t or travel and expenses, you name it. So, you know, I do think we see this as a potential trend. And as we scale out our business, move more to APIs, move more from a, to a lightweight solution, um, we're there for every step of the way to take that journey with our clients. So I feel like we've gotten ahead of it, uh, gotten out ahead of it and partnered with our clients across the globe to, to stay in that constant contact, know where they're going to be or where they want to be in three months months and, and so on. Now, now, what have been the specific challenges, say, over the past three months? You know, have there been any situations arise where, uh, you know, any of you may have thought, wow, I wish I was really back in the office for this because this is difficult for whatever reason? Um, yeah, I, if you don't mind, I, I'll take that one first. Um, you know, we're a very hands-on business. Um, we, we, we strive to be, you know, that that's interactions in person. Um, and using our technology, you know, we actually have, uh, if you had asked me this six months ago, I wouldn't have believed it, but we've brought on, uh, gone live with several clients across the globe. So we've done several global deployments remotely. 
I would have thought not that it was impossible, but something that I just couldn't foresee. Um, you know, the ability to utilize Microsoft, you know, Teams or Zoom for you know virtual virtual workshops, virtual training sessions, um, and using the technology that we've all had and maybe even taken for granted for many years, being able to leverage those tools to um, provide an experience and the ability to go live with uh, with an EMS with a product such as ours, I think is just the huge this case to prove further prove that technology is there it's just about us you know being open to utilizing it and leveraging it to the best of our abilities and also following from that question say what have been the challenges if i could also open that up really uh, what have been what has gone well specifically that maybe you didn't think would go well or smoothly if uh, one said earlier this year there's going to be an extended work from home time uh irina or or drew anything on uh what has gone specifically well or not so well? I'll jump in on that and, and uh, sort of add to what uh, what Adam said. You know, I think one of the differences with this compared to some of the other events that may have triggered a kind of work from home or disaster recovery type situation is that this affected the whole world, you know, and it happened at the same time, you know. So there was there was a, a a force that that caused all of us globally to have to go into this mode. It wasn't just it happened in one region or one city or in one specific office. Historically, that's always been a challenge is that if you have part of your trading team working remotely and part of your trading team working in the office, there's a there's an inherent dislocation to the people that aren't physically there, right? So there's a concentration of information or communication with the people that are physically closer to each other in the same office, in the same meeting room, uh, at the same trading desk, et cetera. Um, but this caused everybody to be remote and it forced everybody onto these platforms of technology in order to communicate and interact. And that's a real uh, level of leveling or, or equalization of, of this whole process. And so when everybody has to deal with the same technology issues, when everybody has to be appreciative and considerate of the challenges of a home office and, and, and local connections of internet and, and those kind of things, then we all make those, those accommodations that are necessary to make the process more smooth. Rather than the one or two people that are remote working and if their connections don't work, then they get excluded from that need. This was a, a, a neat exercise in that it happened consistently across the company and uh, domestic and international and i think that's what really has helped power all of this forward and get us to a point now where we are you know, many months into it where we've worked out a lot of the bugs and a lot of the issues i would um, agree with uh, with drew comment here because of the scale of the effect was so global and all of us and our teams in all regions were sore up in the same situation it's definitely help us to uh, sort of like tackle the issue um, uh, together. Uh, however, we did highlight some challenges as well and uh, maybe not necessarily intra-firm challenges, but more uh, maybe external. For example, it's definitely, we have this communication tools for some times. Um, we had Microsoft Teams, we had uh, like WebExes, we like Zoom and so on. And what is highlighted is that we probably need to start thinking more on um, how can we adapt communication technology on a grander scale, more like unified communication tools. Because one of the things which I definitely noticed is that uh, also 
companies striving to create this good communication environment internally. It's not um, often, uh, like quite often externally, we would use not much in tools. For example, Zoom is still not allowed across all companies because of a certain like aspects of security and so on. So definitely a few lessons learned here and some uh, room for improvement to come up with some sort of uh, industry acceptable uh, unified communication tools. Uh, the, other of, uh, the other aspect of challenge is it's probably depend what your role is. Um, for example, if you are in, in technology heavy environment, I think for a part Past few years, because the way technology um, progressed already, we already had like lots of people working in diverse locations from home and so on. I think where we struggled, or not struggle, where we was it was more challenging because we survived it and it was fine. Uh, it's um, in roles where we demand this face-to-face -face interactions, like for example, sales roles and so on, where you potentially like um, depend on the body language of your client to understand whether you need to push this product further or not. I'm looking at Adam right now, so <laughs> just specifically. Uh, but this is where I feel uh, challenges were because uh, some people are depend on this feedback facial feedback to like to have proper communication I think this was challenging but of course right communication technology with acceptance of the screen time and so on potentially can help us to avoid this um, and uh, finally I think we need to talk about this is mental health it's, um, and um, how do people deal with isolations um, not all of us have potentially families at home we're locked in together which Another challenge as well, if you have young kids at home, which you have to homeschool, and both of you in full-time employment, it's another challenge as well, how to dedicate your work, uh, like your, your time to work hours. But what about single individuals? They also, we need to think about how can we support uh, isolated members of our team as well. Um, and I think, I thought it was final, but I think I need to mention one more. It's uh, overworking and e-presentism. This is something, I don't know if people experience this at all, but uh, definitely, like from my personal experience, when it just kicked in, I had issue with overworking. I don't know why. I just like couldn't, like, couldn't sort of break between work and, uh, and work when work finished and when I have to go home, because I don't have to go home. So this is something which people had to adjust as well. Looking at the future, one, in the near term, there are expectations for kind of a partial gradual return over the, the coming months to the office. And then longer term, will trading desks reconsider their remote presence and have uh, some sort of uh, ongoing work from home? So uh, the near term and the long term, what are your expectations for that, Adam? Yeah, you know, I've spoken to, you know, many of our clients, uh, heads of trading, uh, heads of technology, and we're, we're having that exact conversation. Um, and I've heard both sides of the coin. Um, I've heard, you know, one side that they've been as efficient working from home and they see no need to go in in the next 12 or 18 months and maybe save some costs elsewhere. I'm um, going to continue to kind of go as business as usual from wherever they're located geographically to the other side of, I can't wait to get back in there. Um, the technology is just not as reliable or, you know, there's too many uh, distractions. So, you know, I think we're going to see a mixed bag personally. Um, and I think as a technology provider, 
we need to be able to continue to step up and rise up to that occasion to prepare to um, to give and to provide a, a, a software that could accommodate both both workflows. But you know, for us, you know, we won't be going back to the office in certain regions potentially for another six months. We've been very public with that. Um, and it shows the, the, the seriousness of the situation we're in and how scary it is and all the uncertainty. So um, we're there to partner with our clients. And I think we are going to see some going back in weeks and for a couple of years. And it's, uh, it's really just such an incredible time in this industry um, with, uh, with so much uncertainty. Drew, uh, what are your expectations for, say, uh, challenges, considerations for a partial gradual return in the coming couple quarters? And, you know, longer term, say, a few years out, do you think you'll be able to hop on your, your Peloton for, for a, a mid-morning spin? I'm going to try to get the bike to actually power the worst workstation and then we'll be a, a carbon-neutral um, household, you know? But... Um, no, I think the challenge that's going to be in the near term is going to be if there's a partial reopening, uh, either globally or domestically. Uh, and then you're going to have uh, some employees uh, clustered within an office space and then uh, others choosing to be remote. And that's going to introduce those challenges where, uh, again, you know, not everybody is, is on the same sort of level playing field when it comes to technology or communications or, or actual physical presence. So I, I think that will be the, the short-term uh, challenge that we have to deal with. But I do think that going forward into the future, this has you know, been a very good proof of concept for the stability, the resilience, resiliency, and the productivity of this technology. You know, a, a working environment where uh, someone could choose to work at home on a, either a specific day or part of their normal permanent schedule uh, should be something um, that, that's part of our our business going forward. And I think that's going to open up uh, a lot of more flexibility, a lot of uh, opportunity for both talent uh, to be in, in other areas around, you know, not, not centered around the home office location. Uh, and, and I think it's going to add to a, a more productive work-life balance. Irina, what are your expectations for the future, say through year end and then longer term? People definitely appreciate the idea of flexibility. Now that uh, we had this experience with pandemic, uh, even those who uh, in the past thinking about this, but perhaps with some yield factor, hopefully mental set goes a slightly different way now. So it's, it's more acceptable. We should expect that uh, some people might not be coming back until potentially year end. We need to make sure that uh, we build further on our collaboration tools to uh, facilitate looking to those people and don't isolate, um, don't create those sort of like uh, communities in the office or out of the office. So companies so far like done very well by empowering people and providing full transparency over next step for what they're doing and so on. And after all, um, this transparency and uh, autonomy uh, empowers people and drives engagements and creativity. So hopefully with this engagement creativity and uh, like what we're going to see, we're going to see some acceleration and automation and digitalizations. And which also going to mean that we will need to start retraining people. So it's a lot of bright technical future coming our way, I think. But yes, there will be immediate challenges which we'll need to uh, overcome. I think that this is an unprecedented time. Rena touched on this earlier. You know, we have to balance, um, you know, the safety and, you know, our home life. 
um, and, and have that that proper balance to to ensure that our loved ones are okay and at the same time our businesses are moving forward. So, you know, I think for the listeners, you know, we're all in this together. And Drew hit on this as well. Like this is the first time where everybody at the same exact time point in time are working towards and working through uh, an issue such as this. So, you know, with that, it, it takes a village and, and I think we're all in it together and, and trying our best to move forward. Obviously, I already said that I'm looking forward to the cha- to the changes uh, which are going to come like from point of view of technological solution because also we handle it well. We ha- I don't think we would have been able to handle it as well 10 years ago, to be honest with you. But because where we are right now with technology, we managed to handle it well. But And we are still there to catch up and to make it more optimal because I've seen overwhelming response from employees coming back that uh, around positive experience around working from home. So potentially we can be strengthening the whole experience and strengthening uh, like tools around uh, working from home solution. But I think the most important thing uh, as well for me is that uh, people mentality gonna shift from um, spending time in the office towards more focused on delivery. So like spending 10 or 15 hours in the office, it's irrelevant now that you will be uh, judged on what deliverable you produce. So I think this is another important aspect of a change which people will be looking for. And Drew, any final thoughts? I'll just add that, uh, you know, these, these kind of catalysts for change only come around, uh, you know, infrequently. And so I think we've all done a very good job capitalizing on this one and extracting the benefit and the positive out of it. Globally, we've all focused on the positive, certainly, of this situation of uh, more time at home, uh, working out the technical issues and you know, getting us, getting our, ourselves and our industry in a place that's better than it was before. Um, so that's, you know, I think the, the important stuff to focus on and, you know, rather than, than, than focus on all of the you know, shortcomings or frustrations that, that some of this has brought along as well. Great. Thank you. It's been a very, really interesting discussion. I want to thank our guests. Irina Sonich-Bright of Credit Suisse, Drew Miyawaki of Legal and General Investment Management America, and Adam Steinhaus of FactSet. This has been Global Trading Podcast. Thank you for joining us.